Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. At 1 Peter 1 and 3 through 4, and it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with great expectation. And as we have, and we have a priceless inheritance. Somebody say priceless. A priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. See, y'all can't read the word. You got to read the word. Tell somebody, there's a priceless inheritance in heaven for me. It is pure, it is undefiled, and it is beyond the reach of change and decay. God said everything that I promised from you from your mother's womb, not one iota has changed. It's still for you, it still has your name on it, still has your fingerprint on it, still has your social security number. It is designed and destined for you, and I don't care if you have changed, I don't care how much your hair has turned gray, I don't care how much your knees creak a little bit when you get out, when you get out of bed. God said, my calling and my inheritance over your life is still the same as the day that I spoke it. You may have changed, but my word has not changed. That's a word for somebody in this room. That situations may change. People may come and go. But his word is settled forever in heaven concerning you. Encourage somebody and tell somebody the word over you has not changed. You say, well, well it looks dim. It looks dark. I don't care about that. The word is settled. I mean, God, the, 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 the righteous judge, he has, he has hit down the gavel. And it, there is no more discussion. It is a matter of being settled. The word over your life that you are headed not to tell you are above and only believe you are the righteousness of God that cannot be plucked out of his hand. It is settled. I don't care how much the devil barks. And I don't care how much he wolfs. It is settled. Tell somebody it's settled. You ought to say that when lion symptoms start coming to your body and when things come out seem like the enemy is surrounding you, you ought to just yell at the activist, devil, it's settled. It's settled. What the devil is banking on is that you don't get the grasp of, because we're destroyed because of, we're destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Knowledge of the truth that the devil can do nothing except God let him and anything God lets him do is for the ultimate good that God wants to achieve. God is still going to win in the end. But it says right here, an inheritance is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And we talked about, and we left off Sunday talking about the fact that even though these promises, this, this promise of inheritance is kept up in heaven for us, there is no need for inheritance when we get there. 
job is to get heaven to come down. I'm determined in my life that when I get in there, I want to see my vault and I want to see it empty. I want to see every precious promise. The Bible calls them exceedingly precious promises. Tell somebody, I have promises. And because I'm a child, I now have an inheritance. See, heir means that there is something to gain. Heir meaning there is something that I, that the father owns that I am going, I am now a recipient of. And I, and I don't have to wait for the father to die because he always was and always is and always will be. So I can go into eternity and I can get what is destined for me now. I know that messes with your religion. Because people tell her, oh, when I get to the great by and by, yeah, I've got a reward. I've got crowns that's going to be in my, i got jewels going to be in my crown. i got a mansion. But God said, no, these things are for the benefit for you down here so people can see a representation of the kingdom of God so people can see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. The kingdom is not advanced when you broke, you're busted, and you're disgusted. When there's turmoil in your life and in your family and your marriage is breaking up, the devil is a liar. Well, I just got to go through. No, that is not your cross. That is part of the curse. And we are free from the curse. God, I thank you. Stop accepting something that is not in your policy. <laughs> Y'all know good and well, you get in a wreck or something. You look and see how much rental you get, how much pain and suffering you're going to get, and there's somebody trying to give you something beneath it. Uh-uh, uh-uh, you align the devil is too. I'm do this. Well, the word of God is full of exceeding precious promises of inheritance and favor. And unless you make a demand on it, it will not come. Somebody say make a demand on it. We're going to talk about two, two, two forms of inheritance today. You may be seated. I'm going to have y'all stand with me the whole time. I'm about to take off. I'm about to take off, but I'm about to take off. We're going to talk about two forms of inheritance. I don't want to get too far because I want to make sure that we chew and we understand, on, we understand and we grasp and we get to start pressing into God for our inheritance. Tell somebody, I'm going to get my inheritance. It's mine, got my name on it. I'm a rightful heir. I tell somebody, I'm going to get my inheritance. The first inheritance we're going to talk about today, I'm just going to talk about two of them. The first inheritance is power. Somebody say power. Power, power is defined as this people of God. The ability to produce results. See, these lights that are shining on me right now, their full potential is not reached unless it has power. When the person designed it, when they drew up the schematics, they say, oh, it can change color, it can flash, you can control it. But it's no good unless it has power. I don't care, you can get the, you can get the finest car there is. You can, get a, you can get a Maybach, you can get a Mercilago. I don't care what kind of car it is. If the alternator go out, ain't got no power. It's a $250,000 uh, paperweight. That's all it is. Can I tell you, people of God, there is, God has given you a power 
He's giving you power. How many know you got gifts, talents, and abilities and callings in your life? Come on, let me see it. It's no good if it's not activated by power. And could that be the goal of the devil? That I don't care if you're saved, but you will never activate your power. Tell somebody, activate your power. Activate your power. You, it is time, not, not my power. Oh, I wish I could pray like such and such. Oh, I could sing like such and such. See, the devil, is, he, he has us playing down our own gifts. And he has us daydreaming about what other people. Well, their grace and their anointing is according to their gifting and the power. You can't flow in my power. Do you remember when David was about to fight Goliath? And Saul said, well, look, take this armor. He said, uh, King, ain't no disrespect to you, but I haven't proven that. But I have been on the back of the mountain with this sling and this rock. And when a bear came to take my daddy's sheep, I tore that bear apart. And a lion came, and, 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 and I tore him apart. You, you have to use the tools God has given you. Stop playing yourself down and say, I wish I had this. If I had this education, and if I was born on this side of the tracks, God destined you with every step you have taken, even before you have knowledge of him. The steps of a good man are ordered by God. So everything you've gone through, everything you've been through, every fiery furnace, every darkness, every time it's been shot at you, every time somebody's betrayed you, every time a door's been slammed in your face, God allowed it and it brought you here. And God wants to use everything. See, see Romans 8 and 28 says, all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. And who are the called according to his purpose. Can I see a hand of anybody who's called according to his purpose? Not called to see your names and lights. But I'm called according to his purpose. And his purpose for me made me see I spend my life doing something that nobody ever knows. But I'm called according to his purpose. So all things work together. So don't be mad at people. God had to harden some people's heart because he knew if they stayed in your life they would derail your future. He hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he used that hardened heart to show that he was God in the end. So don't be mad at people when they do you wrong, when they betray you. Oh, I know, I know we hold this truth in earth and earth and bells, and even Jesus was wounded in the house of his own friends. But tell somebody, let it go. Let it go. Anything God allowed, it is for my good, and it's gonna work out for my good. I don't know how I even got that. But we have to understand, people of God, we have to understand that God is working out a far more exceeding way of glory in us. So endure that hardness as a good soldier. But it's also we can obtain power. Genesis 1:28, now I've already alluded to it. Before he told them to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and do and have dominion, he blessed them. Tell somebody he blessed them. Amen. Meaning that he, he gave them a supernatural empowerment and he gave them authority. See, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But he gave it to Adam. He, he deputized him. He gave him authority. See, Adam could not have done all these things except he had first been endued with the authority by God. Tell somebody, you have authority. Acts 1 and 8 says this. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria 
and unto the other most parts of the world. Tell somebody, I have power. How many are, are the beneficiaries of the, of, of the gift of the Holy Spirit? Let me see your hand in this place. If you're not, we can get you, we can get you filled by, by, the, by the day, by the end of the day. You know, but, but what I'm saying is if you're a recipient of God's precious Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Trinity, which is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, all the things that Jesus did, he was empowered by the spirit of God. And when Jesus went back to sit at the right hand of the Father, he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send you a comforter that will lead, that will teach, that will guide you into all truth. Somebody say, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, but after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, after you've encountered him, after you've been filled to the brim with him, ye shall have power. Somebody say power. Now, this is just not power to shake. This is not power just to shout. This is not power just to sneak in the tongue. See, see, we, see, we, we, try, we try to bring, down, bring God down to a finite thing that we can measure. See, God is so immeasurable. He's, his ways are not like our ways. And our infinite little pea brains try to quantify God and try to put him in a box. And we, and we think that the Holy Ghost is just speaking in a tongue. And that is evidence of it, but that's not the totality of it. That's just the beginning evidence of it. But when you truly have God's spirit flowing in you, it, sh it shall produce fruits and it shall draw unto itself gifts. And that shall be some sign that the spirit is in you. Not that you can act sanctified. But when you are amongst the heathen, what is your response? When hell is breaking loose, do you have temperance? Do you have meekness? Oh, God. I can tell what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it bears. Tell somebody, get, tell somebody besides you, get some fruit. But God is literally saying right here, people, God, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. A witness is a person that is a first-hand account, that has a first-hand account of the person they are testifying about. But what God is truly saying is, I am commissioning you. I am authorizing you to go out and do business on behalf of the kingdom. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you are now deputized with the same, with the same authority. Y'all know, know there's only one sheriff in this county, right? I know generally we call everybody the sheriff. Oh, Lord, the sheriff here. Ain't number one sheriff in town. Everybody else are deputies, meaning that they've been sworn and they have the same authority as the sheriff does. When a police officer stands up, you know a police officer can't stop a 3,000-pound car. But when they stand out in that street and they put their hand out there, you stop it because of the authority that they represent. Can I tell you people of God that when you go out in the highways and the hedges and when you go out on the, in the job and when you go out in the marketplace, you have the authority of the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you right now, we, 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 we have a police officer here in our midst right now. And I know one of the things they teach them in the, in the academy is you got to step out with confidence in your authority. Am I right, baby? You got to step out in authority, in confidence in your authority. Because I, I, I used to work out in the hood. And I used to see, I, look, people can smell when a police officer is scared. 
and they will eat their lunch. And so you got to step out in confidence in your authority. Can I tell you that's part of our problem? We have authority, but we don't have confidence in our authority. Do you know that when you speak, heaven backs you up? Will you make a declaration? God is not going to look like a fool. And if God ain't going to look like a fool, that means you can't look like a fool if you stand up for him. Let me tell you something. God is never going to look bad. He's always going to come out shining in the end. See, it will, be, it, will, it will behoove us to align ourselves with the winner. Tell somebody, I'm aligned with the winner. God has never lost. He's never tasted defeat. Align yourself with the winner. Walk in his authority. It's not your authority. He is telling them, he said, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you have the authority to be a witness, not only in Jerusalem, in your own house, but in Samaria and all the other parts of the world, meaning that I commission you that this, this gospel, this glorious kingdom cannot stay confined to just you. And in order to do it, I have to give you my authority. Tell somebody, I have God's authority. He said, I've given you power. That means the ability to produce results. I want to expand our thinking that power is just not about jumping, shouting, and I know we just did all that. And that's part of power, and that's how we exercise our faith and our belief in God, and all that stuff is good. But tell somebody, we can't stop there. We are shouting because we have victory in the almighty God. That's the reason we shout. We don't shout out of tradition and exercise. We dance to victory because we have the victory. Tell somebody, I have victory. I'm going to show you right here in Acts the second chapter. This is, this is, this is the first. Let me tell you. I'm, I'm going to tell you when the Holy Ghost. How many? Let me see your hand. Anybody got the fist filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you. These are the kind of results you should have in your life. Acts the second chapter, I'm going to start at 14, and it says, this was after they, 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 they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is on the day of Pentecost, and this is the first flexing of God's muscle in God's people that produce results. Somebody say results. At 14, it says, but Peter, standing with the, the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed him, said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let, it, let this be known to you. And give your ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as ye suppose since it is the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken through the prophet Joel. Now people get, get excited right there. But, that, but that's not it. That's not it. This is that. But that is for results. Okay. Now let's go down to 37. He preached a sermon and he, he preached a sermon talking about Jesus who was raised from the dead and Jesus who you persecuted. This is the one that is producing this power that you see us and, 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 the, and, and, and the evidence of speaking in tongues and all these people from various ethnicities were understanding each other because we're speaking through the spirit. He's saying this is all because of Jesus who you persecuted has given us the promise of this power. Let's pick up at 37. It says this. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Is your testimony of Jesus, is it cutting people to the heart? 
Is it piercing people? Is the way that you live? Is your response on the job? Is it cutting to people's hearts? Or they just see like you, like, you know, you just every other little church going. Tell somebody, you must cut them to the heart. Your words, your deeds, how you react and what you do. It should be different. It should stand out enough to where it pierces people's hearts and compel them to want to know Jesus. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the same spirit of the Holy Spirit, the same gift. And look at this. At 41, so those who received his word, see, this is something we can point out. The results are up to God. Those who received, meaning that everybody that heard it did not receive. Y'all hear that? It's not your response. It's not your responsibility. Come on, you're going to receive Jesus. Your job is to preach Jesus, to live Jesus. And let the results be up to God. One plants, one water. But we got to let God give the increase. That's our problem. We've been trying to be in the increase busy. Little becomes much in the hand of the Father, not your hand. Let God do the multiplication. Your job is to either be a planter or to water the seed that some other brother or sister is already planting. So many times we're trying to make grandma get saved and make uncle get saved. Just live the life. Be consistent. Be salt and be light. And let God give the increase. Somebody give God an amen. amen. Look, so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Somebody say results. God gave an immediate example right there that when my spirit is in an operation and when, you are, and when you are able and willing to use your power, somebody say your power. Now what was Peter's power? Ever since we met Peter, Peter was a loud mouth. Peter was the one that spoke up when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Oh God, this, Jesus, this is wonderful. We're gonna build up, we're gonna build a temple for you, and we're gonna build a temple for, for Enoch, and we're gonna, he said, Man, would you be quiet? Peter is the one, he's a loud mouth that said, Jesus, if that be you, bid me to come. Peter is the one that said, I'm not gonna betray you, Jesus. He was always, he, he, he spoke before he thought. But tell somebody that's not a bad thing. What people try to say is your deficiency. You so bold. You speak what's on your mind. That's not a bad thing, but we have to bring it under subjection. That gifting of boldness. What if God said we should be bold as a lion? So what the world is trying to tell you is your deficiency, what you're trying to smother, that's the very thing. Tell somebody that's your power. Maybe you're a person who, who, who's just a peaceful person. And, and, you, and, and you know, you know it's, people, it's easy to talk to you. You're a good listener. Tell somebody, that's your power. See, everybody want to get enamored with, oh, if I could just sing like such and such. If I could preach like such and such. No, this is a form of exercise of power. But guess what, y'all? We, we, we come here together as believers to get equipped 
to get filled and get fed so iron can sharpen iron so that we can go out there and release our power. Tell somebody, release your power. So I want you to focus on this week. Lord, what is my power? Your power is not my power. It is energized by the same power, the Holy Spirit. There are a multitude of gifts. But I want you to focus in. God, what is my power? Am I a person that has the gift of administration? I can put things in order. Well, guess what? While thinking people like me, I need someone right about around me that's a good administrator. Because I can think forever. But you look at my desk, it's always messy everywhere because I got ideas flying everywhere. You see what I'm saying? If everybody had everything, they would think they were God. Think about it. Think about it. God, God always brings balance, y'all. Think about it. People who are the smartest people in the world can barely cross the street by themselves. They can put a math problem and tell you how to get to the moon, but can't find Walmart down the street. Am I telling the truth? God's always going to hold something back to keep us humble. <laughs> I ain't going to say what I was thinking, Lord. I'm laughing. I'm, this is a joke all inside my head. But, but God will always bring balance, people of God. Because if we had everything, if we were the smartest, if we were the most beautiful, if we, if we were the most intelligent, if we were the most adaptive, if we had all the street smarts, we would start thinking we were God. That's what, that's what we would do. But God always brings balance. He's always going to make sure you're going to need somebody else and you're going to always need him. Amen? Can somebody give God a praise for him and his grace? God has wisdom. But tell somebody besides you, the kingdom needs your power. The kingdom needs your power. Every joint supplies. And if you've got a gift of organization, the kingdom needs your power. multitude of gifts so I, 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 I want to shoot this sacred cow that we we almost uh, idolize these gifts up here but your power is essential to the kingdom of God okay if you're a person of wisdom if you're a person that studies if you're a person of calmness well ultra hyper people like me I need some calm people around me Stay on 10. <laughs> but I, I, I need people around me. to. You, you see what I'm saying? So every joint supplies. But tell somebody the kingdom needs your power at work. It needs your power at work. And I don't care what your power is. It may not be grand. It may not ever get, you, get your name in lights. But so what? As long as God is witnessing the exercise, he is just as proud. He's looking at his and He says, look at them. The thing that I put in them, they are letting it come to the surface and look at my kingdom growing. Look at people getting, look, look at them. Some, some of you got an encouraging spirit. And some people like us, some people like me that the devil is always throwing darts of accusation and he's coming to me. Sometimes just a, just a little call say, Pastor, you know that blessed me, that word. Do you not know what the devil, see, see people, people will see the people that hold the mic, we, we got it all together. Do you not know that, that the main thing that pastors deal with that drive them in the, into depression is insecurity because they're always measuring themselves with the pastor down the street 
How many, how many people you, how many, I'm, I'm telling you what preachers talk, I'm telling you what preachers talk. How many people you running, doc? That means how many people come every week. How many people you running, doc? What you giving look like, doc? You see what I'm saying? And so men, men, that's why you need to pray for those beautiful other feet, those that carry the word of God. But you need to pray for those that carry the word of God because the devil is, is attacking headship, y'all. He is attacking headship because he know if I can get the head off the body, the body will scatter. I'm not saying this to scare nobody. Maybe God called you to leadership. But wherever you find yourself, be content. Work your power. Work your power. Become intimately involved and aware of your power. Tell somebody, tell them, tell them, tell them learn your power. Learn your power, learn your power, learn your power. And then start coming your power. Think, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for grace. I thank you, Lord, for grace and for favor so that I can exercise and produce results with my power. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for power. The last thing I want to share with you as we're about to go, anybody get anything out of this today? God said, I'm going to give you power for your results. And so my question to you today is, what is your power and when are you going to use it? Because the kingdom needs it. What is your power? Ask somebody, what is your power? And when are you going to use it? When are you going to use your power? It doesn't care how, how mundane it is. It doesn't, care, doesn't matter how, how, how unflashy it is. It's a power that God needs to use. $100,000 car will not move without a spark plug. About the littlest thing on the car. But let it not be there. It ain't going nowhere. So the little things keep the kingdom moving. Amen. The last thing I want to talk about is the inheritance of grace. Somebody say grace. grace. Somebody say it again. Say grace. Grace, grace is this, people of God. is the supernatural empowerment and the overwhelming advantage. It's supernatural empowerment and the overwhelming advantage. That is grace. Somebody say grace. grace. It's interchangeable with favor. Ephesians 4th chapter and 7 verse says this. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Meaning that I, I may give you amount of grace according to your gifting in this particular area. But I gave it to you in this area. See, I don't need your grace. I need my grace for my calling. I need my grace for my power. See, everything that receives power doesn't receive it at the same voltage. No, you, if, you, if, you, if you try to charge your phone and plug it into the same thing that runs your dryer, your phone going to explode because it's a different amount of power needed to power different appliances. God gives us a portion grace according to your giftings and the power he needs you to execute. I'm teaching you this today so that you won't be looking at other people's grass and the devil will give you a spirit of unsatisfaction and will give you a spirit of covetedness of wishing you had somebody else's gifts, callings, and this. You don't know what people are going through to walk in the anointing that they walk in. 
You better think twice. <laughs> but the word of God says that, that but each of us, God has given each of us grace that Christ has a portion unto this, that I'm giving you this much here, I'm giving you this much here. And guess what, y'all? It changes based on the season that we're in. I'll give you a grace of patience when you're raising children. Everybody's raising children said, hey, amen. But grandparents ain't got the same grace that mom and daddy got. Grandparents say, hey, amen. Amen. Say, Lord, I can't put up with that noise. I'm too old for this. <laughs> he gives you a portion grace for the season that you may be in. Oh, y'all, this good teaching today. Somebody say, Lord, thank you for my grace. God knows what season of life you're in, and he has given you the apportioned grace to coincide with what you're in. You may be going through a period of sickness, but tell somebody, there's grace for that. There's grace for that. It is supernatural empowerment and overwhelming advantage, meaning that I may be going through like other people are going through, but they don't see the invisible wind that is behind me. I'm going through. I'm enduring hardness as a good soldier because I have supernatural advantage. I have overwhelming advantage that God, I'm not going to sink. I'm not going down. I'm not going to go down in this quicksand. The supernatural advantage of God's grace is going to allow me to make it through. Somebody say, Lord, thank you for grace. We have to expand our, our thinking and our knowledge of God's grace. See, we, lo we love the singing. It is true. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Somebody say, thank you for your grace, God. Well, that is grace. But grace not only covers, grace promotes. It was his amazing grace that covered us in our sin and in our trespass. But now that we're in the family of God, now we're in a household, we are not devoid of his need of grace. Tell us about his grace not only covers, but it promotes. And now that we're in the family of God, God said, I need you to pull on the nature of my grace to promote you to do what I called you to do. You got to understand, I say it all the time, God has a vested interest in you doing well. Because when you do well, the kingdom does well. When you, when you are having a successful marriage, God has a representation in the earth of a godly example of what marriage is supposed to look like. What love is, do you do know that marriage is supposed to be an example of Christ's love for his church? And so when you have a healthy marriage that people see, people are supposed to see God and glorify him. But John 1 and 6 is, is this. First John, first John 1 and 6 says this. This is the last thing I want to leave you with. In the beginning was the Word. Somebody say, thank you for your Word. And the Word was with God. Oh, y'all got to read. See, y'all got to wrap your mind around this. In the beginning, before anything ever started, was the Word. 
and the word was with God. <laughs> and the word was God. Good God. He was in the beginning with God. All things that were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. That sounds like a tongue twister, but y'all need to read it and study it. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light that shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Six says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I want y'all to listen, lean in very closely. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. What is that light? Y'all remember when John was in the wilderness crying, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. His own cousin. You got to understand, when, when, when both of their mamas hugged each other, John jumped. He jumped because he had already bore witness of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But he spent his life. And you know, John was known as the greatest prophet. And guess what? He never told somebody, turn around three times. And drink some of this water from Salem Lake. And they saying it's from Jordan. He was known as the greatest prophet. Why? Because he prophesied of the Messiah. Tell somebody that's a prophet. And am I against the office of the prophet? No, I am not. But the prophet is for more than materialistic things. All these things are going to pass away, but it's only what you do for Christ and his word is going to be standing in the end. But it said he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. Look at this, y'all. This is what you ought to get excited about. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave them the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor the will of man but born of God God y'all I know there's a lot of reading but this is good stuff look here's this Y'all remember that word? In the beginning was the word. 14 says this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of what, y'all? Grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out. This is what he was crying. He said, y'all thinking I'm so great. This was he whom I was speaking of. He who comes after me ranks before me. 
because he was before me. Oh, y'all, here's the part right here. This, this, oh, God, this is the part that I want to see, and I'm going to let you go. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Y'all sit to your feet. Somebody say grace upon grace. Now, some of you may think that's a riddle. Like, what is grace upon grace? But the Bible says right here, people of God. Oh, God, I thank you. Somebody say thank you, Lord, for your grace. It says the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. And we have seen the, his glory. The glory as his only son from the Father, full of grace. Somebody say Jesus was full of grace. And truth. And John was talking about this one I spoke on. He said, for from his fullness, Jesus is full of grace. And from his fullness, y'all, we have all received grace upon grace. I'm going to let you be Jesus. Grace upon grace. Somebody say grace upon grace. Now, Deacon Terrell here, he represents Jesus, who was full of grace. But God wrapped himself in flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But you go down to 14, when you go down to 14, he says, but he wrapped the Word in flesh. that Jesus is the grace of God. Jesus is the grace. He said, I love you so much that I'm going to wrap myself in the word. And Jesus is the picture of my grace because I love you so much that I wrap myself in flesh to come and buy you back. Somebody say grace. And it's not until we receive the grace of Jesus' completed work that we are, we are ushered into the kingdom. But tell somebody, it doesn't stop there. We receive the grace that is Jesus. And by receiving the grace that is Jesus, we then get access. to the grace that is upon another grace. It is another grace. If, if all we needed the grace was to receive Jesus and get saved, it would be all about us receiving Jesus and then we go on to glory. But God said there is another grace that coincides with your giftings, your calling, and your power. God said yes, in order to get access to the multiplied grace, you must first receive the grace that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the grace of God. See, we stopped at amazing grace. But God said there is another level of grace that only my children get access to. How many 
many are children of the most high God in this place? God said there is another level. There is a grace upon grace. That he said that when I give you this multiplied grace, every need is met. Everybody is healed. Everything that is out of alignment. Everybody, how, how many entrepreneurs in your mind that you already got a business plan? Let me see your hand in this place. God has called you to entre entrepreneurial ministry. God said there is a grace for it, but you have to come, you have to reconcile to know that you are a true son. That when you have received the initial grace that is Jesus, you now have access to the multiplied grace. And the same grace that Jesus had to heal, to set free, to deliver. Jesus even had a grace and a power for wealth and for money. Remember when they challenged him, said, Jesus, is, is, is it lawful for, for Jesus, the Messiah, that, that you also should be subject to have to pay taxes? He told his disciples, go down there to the ocean. And the first fish that come up, you're going to get enough money to pay taxes. There is grace for provision. There is grace for money. You thinking God, God, God said God, God has called you to start that business and you haven't written the plan down and, and, and haven't gotten organized for the business because you're worrying about how God is going to how God is going to finance it. But God is saying, I need you to do what's within your power. And when you start walking in your power, I'm going to give you grace upon grace. And if I got to have a fish to show up at your door with money in his mouth. If I got to make a billionaire have nightmares until they put a, write a check and give it to you. Somebody say grace upon grace. I'm telling you people of God, if you tap into it, it will revolutionize your life. Then we start flowing into that, 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 that men will start giving unto your bosom. I believe that God is going to disturb people. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. And some people are not going to be able to sleep at night until they give something and put it in your bosom. Here, take it. I'm telling you, God does not play games. What God has called you to do, he is giving you. God owns the cattle, the hill, the silver, and the gold belongs to him. All that you have need of. God said, I just need you to step out in your inheritance of your power. And when you do, you're going to qualify for grace upon grace. Oh, we're good for receiving the grace that saves us. But there is a grace that will promote you. Receive it. And it's being spoken in this place right now. That multiplied favor is coming to your house. Multiplied favor is coming to your career. Multiplied favor is coming to your children. In the school. Scholarships for our children. Promotion. God not only covers, it promotes. I speak supernatural favor and overwhelming advantage over the people of God right now. Somebody lift your hands and receive. I speak supernatural favor and overwhelming advantage over God's people. 
speak supernatural favor. We are in the kingdom. We have received the grace of Jesus Christ. And now we receive the supernatural advantage right now. Somebody begin to open your mouth and thank you for the advantage. Thank you, Lord, for the advantage. And I won't be ashamed of it, and I won't be scared of it. I thank you, Lord, for the supernatural advantage. I'll do this. I'm a child of God. I'll do this. I'm not going to bow my head. I'm not going to play stupid. I'm not going to bow my head in shame. I'll do this. I'm a child of the kingdom. I walk in this confidence, and I am due double grace. I am due double favor. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am the righteousness of God. I do double favor. I do double grace. Somebody give God a praise in this room. It's my inheritance. It's my inheritance. And the child of God, it's my inheritance. Somebody praise God. Y'all not praising him enough. Thank you, Lord, every need. Supernatural inheritance. Somebody think him in this room right now, we're about to go. But now is a moment where God is dispensing it. Now is a moment where you got to choose, do I believe this word or not? You can't look at your circumstance. I'm a recipient of double grace. I'm a recipient of double grace. Get ready for promotion. Get ready for the president of the company to come and sit in your office and ask, what is it? I'm going to create a department and I want you to be over it. Y'all think I'm playing. Y'all think I'm playing. There is supernatural favor, multiplied grace that is coming to the household. the grace to be redeemed but the grace to prosper to the grace to excel the grace to promote we thank you right now Lord there are a multitude of powers in this room our ability to produce results we thank you Lord that this week begins the dawn of a new era in our lives that we will no longer wander aimlessly throwing stuff at the wall hoping it works that everything that we touch our hands to is going to be a God directed thing and Lord when we speak when we touch it it will produce instant results in our lives everything we touch our hands to where our foot touches 
it will prosper it will flourish Lord I pray right now that we grasp the concept and we believe in our hearts that we are the recipients of grace upon grace <laughs> Lord the grace to overcome the grace to persevere the grace for wealth and health and prosperity Lord because we have a kingdom mindset we're not going to build big barns and forget your kingdom we thank you right now that you are dispensing gifts you are dispensing ideas that you are dispensing everything Lord you said in your word that you even give us the power to obtain the wealth so Lord we thank you Lord you're giving us divine abilities right now thank you Lord for giving us favor with people of influence and we thank you Lord that you are elevating us and making us people of influence Lord for, the, for these some of these organizations some of these companies are run by wicked people in high places and Lord we thank you Lord that you can trust us that when we get in the seat of authority God when we get in the seat of authority, God, we will handle it with righteousness, honesty, and integrity, God. Withhold no good thing from your people, God. God, we thank you. We bless you. And God, we receive the word today. God, we know it was a heavy thing. It was a deep thing, God. But Lord, we, we chew on the counsel of this word today. And we, we take it unto our hearts, God. And we will nourish it. And we will make sure that it is produced as much fruit in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that's coming. Thank you, Lord, for the multiplied favor. Thank you, Lord, for the strangers that will come unto us and, and put thousands of dollars in our hands, God. That will make us debt free. God, we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for those that will come and fund our business, God. That will open up a new location. Thank you, Lord, for new clientele, God. Thank you, Lord, for people, for millionaires that are chasing us down, God. They're giving us business, God. Thank you, Lord, for contracts, God. Thank you, Lord, for scholarships, God. Thank you, Lord, for grants, God. Thank you, Lord, for multiplied favor over God's people. Lord, I've done what you said do, God. I've declared your word today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we are hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.